0: What's up everybody welcome to the very first episode of the jiu-jitsu secrets podcast for 2023 I know what some of you guys were gonna say you were like what first episode Nope, just the first episode of 2023. Hopefully you guys have had good Holidays and you know, we're in the start of a new year if you're listening to this in the future You know going back listening to old episodes, you know, this is right now the first episode of 2023 so i'd figure I talk about, you know, New Year's resolutions or goals and, you know, in relationship to Jiu-Jitsu and I've been teaching and training Jiu-Jitsu for 13 years. So I've made plenty of Jiu-Jitsu New Year's resolutions or goals. I've seen a bunch of students make (laughs) New Year's resolutions and goals and yeah, there's definitely some interesting topics that they've tried to achieve. You know, they've... Either set goals that are, you know, pretty achievable, pretty obtainable. They've set some, I've seen students set some that are pretty low bar, and then I've seen some that, you know, just don't set high enough ones altogether. So, and I definitely did that too. So, I'll tell you guys just from my personal account some of the goals that I had and if I failed or if I accomplished them or, or whatever. So, I've always been really big into setting goals, I don't know, maybe because I have a fitness background and everyone in the fitness world, if you guys don't know, if you go to any kind of big box gym, there will always be like, everyone's making New Year's resolutions, you know, to get stronger, to get healthier, to lose weight, all this stuff. So usually the first of the year is when that turns over. Um, at least in jujitsu, just speaking of gyms, it that kind of happens. Um, you know, I've been helping running a gym for, for a long time and we do get an uptick in you know attendance when the new year starts but mainly it's not from new people it's from students who have like taken time off so usually like around october time students start to get busy with like family stuff you know you got all the holidays are coming up soon around october so you start to see class sizes dwindle and then like everyone starts to come back january so it's more that it's like people who have been taking some time off come in then brand new memberships we do sell some but anyway it's a side tangent so, um, you know, I always would start to do that with, you know, my jujitsu stuff too. I would set goals or whatever. So some of the goals that I set, if I just start at, at each belt, I remember at white belt, um, when I first started training, I started training around like the fall time. So then whenever I got to the new year, I was like, man, I wanted to become a blue belt and I absolutely failed at that goal. Um, it took me about two years to get to blue belt. Now I was in college, but I said, I just wanted to become a blue belt, but I didn't really Have a plan to become a blue belt. I didn't really know why I didn't know how I was going to accomplish it. I just Said I wanted to be a blue belt and at white belt. I absolutely failed that but then I did end up getting my blue belt It was just later. I just didn't achieve it by that year that I said and then I remember one year as a blue belt I said that I wanted to compete so many times and I did that. I accomplished that. I competed like four times because my idea was like once a quarter. So I competed four times and I was very happy that I did that. And actually what it did though is it made me realize like how like little competition meant to me. And so it was kind of cool because I kind of got that out of my system and I was growing at becoming an instructor. So I thought that was cool that I... You know, accomplished a goal, but then realized that that's not like a long-term goal of mine. To become a co- a competition person, it was to become an instructor and start to teach. So I was super happy about that. Um, at purple belt, I know for a fact that I wanted to transition to doing something with jujitsu more in a career style. So I wanted to basically become more of a full-time instructor. Um, I was teaching more private lessons and I was trying to figure out a way to integrate that into my work life. And so I did that a lot more. And then at Brown Belt, it was like, holy crap, black belt's right around the corner. I just wanted to make sure a lot of my techniques and everything were sharp enough to become a black belt. And that's very hard to do because there's no really in metric for that. It's, it's, It's very tough to determine that. So those are just a little bit of goals that I had, you know, I, I failed at some, I accomplished at some, I, I didn't accomplish everything that I wanted to. But if you kinda notice that a lot of my goals that I think that I was able to work in were not necessarily just learn this many techniques or get better at this thing. I think that comes as a byproduct to whatever bigger goal you set. So, you know, there's an old saying that you know you you know shoot shoot for the stars and hopefully land on the moon or something like that, or maybe the other way around. But the idea is that you shoot for something kind of big and then you try to plan backwards. So if I was a white belt and, you know, I wanted to become a blue belt, you know, you got to put a date on it. That's a reasonable expectation date and then try to work backwards about what you need to accomplish with that. And there's a bunch of things that go into that. You know, you need to learn what your instructor's expectations are for blue belt. So if that means, learning this many techniques or competing this many times you need to map out how you're going to do that um you know if it's to compete this many times you know map out your course of action of how you can do that while you know working a full-time job if you have that so a lot of times setting these kind of big goals and figuring that out is good i would even push you guys and encourage you guys to set like a five-year goal this is one of the most common questions i get when i are common questions I ask when I talk to students who are interested in joining like my coaching program or that are just wanting help in jujitsu. I'm like, what's your, what's your long-term goal with jujitsu? And it's funny that majority of them have never thought about it. And I don't know if it's because they've never thought about it. They think that it's not a good goal that they have, or they're just scared to say it. It could be a combination. I think sometimes people When you're a white or a blue belt to say that you want to become a black belt or you want to own a school, I think it seems silly when you're talking to a black belt in your brain. But honestly, I don't think it is Um, because to me, that tells me how passionate and how much you love jujitsu. Not saying that if you don't tell me you're not passionate, you don't love it. But the more people that you tell your goal and the more people you tell like your desires to usually the more you're going to accomplish it. So you're afraid that you're either going to fail or people are going to judge you for it, which is absolutely ridiculous. So that brings me to my next point about whenever you set a goal, try to have like an accountability partner or tell somebody about it, especially when it's jujitsu, right? So if you're like a blue belt and you're wanting to compete like X many times or, or whatever your goal is, get your purple belt or get stripes on your belt, I don't know, whatever, whatever that goal is. Um, tell somebody, like tell your instructor that that's what you want. Tell your, one of your main training partners that that's what you want. Because usually they've, if they've walked that path, they're going to be able to help you with that guidance. They're going to be able to check in with you. And now you've kind of put it out there in the universe. I'm not usually a woo wooey kind of guy. Like I'm not into crystals or anything like that, but you know, I, I don't necessarily want to say, I don't know if you want to call it the universe, but when you put stuff out there to people, um, whatever you just say it out there, a mantra or whatever you want to call it. It's just usually puts your brain on the forefront of it. I think that's really what happens. And so usually it comes to life versus if you don't tell anybody about it, like then it's not real. And so I think we do that to protect ourselves so we don't fail at it. Um, but I think telling somebody and having an accountability partner, is super important uh, or group or, or whatever you want to call it. Just someone who knows your goal and then checking in. And then, um, once you map out your plan or your goal or whatever is make intermediate benchmarks. So if your plan is to become your blue belt and you've talked to your coach and he tells you what you need to do, try to like map it out and try to check in and make benchmarks. Be like, okay, so he wants me to compete this many times. Okay. I've done that. Okay. He wants me to come to this many classes. Okay. I've done that. And so you can kind of See all those things. I think that eases anxiety in a lot of people. I'm not saying you have to have a highlighter and a check mark or a checkbox and and get all crazy with it that way. But one thing that I do in my coaching program is that we have three ways that, like, I try to help people. One, I have a curriculum for them where they can watch videos and they can start to adapt like a training system, which is like a big thing I think people need. Number two is that we have a weekly group coaching call that is an accountability call. Basically, I'm available and they can chat with me about their problems, they can chat with me about their goals that they have, we can determine them together, but once they've put it out there, then they almost feel like they have to do it, um or if it's not working, we can fix it or maybe I can offer a different insight and maybe adjust their goal to me now knowing a little bit more about them, right? So they're they're putting it out there and the last one is that we have a a private community group, because once people put it out there, um, they want to either stick with it. Maybe people can offer support. Maybe they can offer other advice. They can learn from other people who have set that goal. So, you know, all those things are super important. And that's a big part of my program that I offer. And I think that's an under under talked about thing in the jiu-jitsu community because we're all like alpha males probably. And you're like, ah, it's not cool to talk about my feelings and to talk about my problems and to talk about all this stuff. Um, so that's just my opinion, but I think the more people you tell about your goals, the better it is, especially when it comes to jujitsu. Now, obviously I am a big believer of the smart goal system. If you guys are in corporate world or ever studied any of, any of that kind of stuff, then that's true. You know, make it like uh simplistic, you know, measurable, uh, realistic, achievable, all that kind of stuff. Um, so if you're like saying, Hey, I'm a white belt and I want to be a blue belt in three months, that's going to be very tough unless you already have some previous, you know, experience or or whatever. But um, I think there's all kinds of goals, but I still think you can have a big goal. Like if I'm a white belt and I say like, I want to be a black belt in seven years, I think it's doable, but you have to be like super strategic about how you're going to do it. Um, Even coming from someone in jujitsu, I got to, I've talked to John Danaher a couple of times. I've got to go to some of the seminars and I've got to go to dinner with him once or twice. Um, so I might do a whole podcast on just that, but one of the biggest things that I know we asked him was talking about how he trains with his athletes and students, all that stuff. And he makes all of his athletes set a one year, a three year and a five year goal. And he's like, they're not married to it, but they have to have an idea of what they're going to do. So you actually start with the five year goal, then you say, okay, what do I, how do I accomplish this in five years? And usually there's going to be intermediate steps. Okay. In three years. And then in one year, I think that's a really good idea. I think that's a good idea for life. Um, it's not too far ahead. I know if you're like 18, listening to this five years from now is a lot different, but if you're like 30, five years from now is not that far away. If you're 45 years from now is not that far away. As you know, as you get more experienced in life, it seems like time goes by much faster. So five years will be here right before you know it. So I think that's a really um, good goal or good idea to have. Um, So yeah, I'm going to challenge myself to do this too. So maybe in the next episode, I'll come back, I'll list off maybe my top five goals for this year. Um, That way you guys can know them. and, And then that way you guys can hold me accountable for it. That'd be pretty dope. So anyway, thank you guys again for listening to this podcast. Welcome to 2023. Hopefully you guys can set some good jujitsu goals. Um, thank you guys for all the support. I've had, um, some l- interesting, uh, inquest for, uh, requests like on my instagram and social media for upcoming topics so i will be discussing those very soon so i apologize if i haven't got back to you yet i do see them i just try not to respond because i leave them in my i want to leave them in my box that way i can i can go back to them but i do see them so i appreciate all you guys uh reaching out if you have any questions or concerns or topics that you uh have any interest in in hearing discussed you know make sure you go back and listen to the other podcast there there might be some in there Um, but yeah, ask away and I'll try to help you guys out as much as I can enjoy the rest of the year, you know, stay training hard and yeah, keep after it. Have a good day. See you guys.